0: 25th our lady gave a message and I'm very grateful to her for that message dear children today I invite you to fall in love with the most holy sacrament of the altar adore him little children in your parishes and in this way you will be united with the entire world Jesus will become your friend, and you will not talk of him like someone who barely know. Unity with him will be a joy for you, and you will become witnesses to the love of Jesus that he has for every creature. Little children, when you adore Jesus, you are also close to me. Thank you for having responded to my call. Yes, tonight what I wanted to tell you is about the creation. When we have been created, the Lord had a big plan on us a marvelous plan on each of our lives. And being young today, being our, in our I'm not young, but I speak, in you, I speak for you. Being young today is like having within our heart like a letter that is sealed with wax. You know that is sealed with wax? It's a love letter with our life that is the hope of God on our life. Because when he created us, he had that hope, big hope, a hope of love, a hope of joy and happiness. He had a great hope on us. And he knows how he made us. He knows exactly what he put within us to fulfill that plan. And that letter, we all have it inside. And through prayer, we discover day after day what is written on that letter, love letter from our Creator. And in Medjugorje, constantly Our Lady has been telling us to contemplate, to adore, to thank our Creator. And the biggest joy we could find in life is to look at God. And heaven will be that, you see. You, you will, we will see God as he is in its fullness. And that would, will be such a joy that it, it will be an ecstasy of joy. And our creator has placed within us that plan of love. And each of us, without an exception, is a carrier of a very unique plan from God for his life. Isn't January 25th? Ah, yeah, yeah. Dear children, I want you to comprehend that God has chosen each of you in order to use you for the great plan of salvation of mankind. You cannot comprehend how great is your role in God's plan. Therefore, dear children, pray so that through prayer you may comprehend God's plan towards you. I am with you so that you can realize it completely in, in its fullness. And this plan is great. is great for each of us. And what do we do in life? Many times we live as if there was no plan for us. We live like orphans. We live like people that do not... That are not aware of that big plan that they carry within them. And the the purpose of life is to fulfill that plan of love that comes from God. And it's like, you know, being aware or not being aware of that plan makes a lot, a lot of difference. And it's like um, going to a place that you know it's a very, very beautiful place and you dream of that place, you want to go to that place. But what you have got to do to go to that place, you've got to know where it is on the map, you've got to know the name of that town, you have, you've got to know how far it is from your town, and you've got to know what, means are available to go there, either planes or cars or boats or whatever, bicycles, and you've got to get a ticket for that place and to pay the proper price to go to that place. But if you don't know the place, if you don't know how far, if you don't know the price of the ticket, you'll never reach there. And you will be wandering, not knowing where to go because you won't know about that place though it exists. And in life, in the same thing. You have to choose where you are going to. You have to choose your destination. And once you know for sure your destination, then you'll get the right ticket to go there. And what shall we be doing during this retreat? We'll ask Our Lady to help us to get the right ticket to go where we are destined to go which is heaven, but not heaven only after death. Heaven that we can live even on Earth, the joy of heaven because of that unity with God. He promised that, and Our Lady repeated so many times, that the joy of heaven, we can already get a big part of it here on Earth. So we will try to get the right ticket to go to our destination. But for that, and we'll ask that healing during this retreat and the body of Christ, the body of Jesus, will be the one to heal whatever it's needed to be healed in our hearts. We'll have to change our vision about our destination, because It depends also of what sort of background we come from. But there is a type of slavery that many young people experience, mostly during the time of when they are teenagers and even later, and sometimes it lasts the whole life. A type of slavery that is to be connected to the opinion and to the look of other people, to be connected and to be dependent, or to be a slave of what other people will think of us, how they will look at us, how they will judge us, and what are their expectations from us. And because we want to be loved by them, because we want to correspond to their expectations, we will like, fit our life. We will, put our, we will get a ticket to fulfill their expectations about us. You see? For example, I have a family, I take an exa- example, that wants very badly that I become a doctor. So if I become a doctor, I'll be great at their eyes. But if I become something else, I'll be a little thing to their eyes. Then I'll place my destination to fulfill their expectation. And I become a slave of their thoughts, you see, of their culture, of their thoughts. But knowing that God created us with his plan, which is divine, it's something else. And now we have to free our lives to free our mentality, to free our hearts from the opinion of others, so that we can completely dedicate our life to the right purpose that we have in life, which is the fulfillment of the will of God, the fulfillment of the plan of God on our life. And we will then walk under. The eyes of God and not under the eyes of other people, not under the eyes of the society, not under the eyes of our best friend, not under the eyes of our parents or of our teachers. Mainly when we are in an atheist society, you see, we'll be free from that. Now, The eyes of God, if I walk under the eyes of God, who is my creator, who knows me better than I know myself, if I walk that way in that direction, then the eyes of God, and again, the body of Jesus being here with us is already attracting us, these eyes of God placed on us in a very, very divine and loving way, these eyes will free us, will help us to be true, and also will attract us on the right track. And those eyes will let us flourish completely. Though the eyes of the world, the eyes of others, they might get us, I don't know what is, not perverted because it's a very bad way, bad word, but yes, a little perverted, It's not on the true track, not on the true way. So we can now, I want you to raise your hand for something. I'll ask you a question. I hope you don't feel shy. So be, be free and be like in a family. I want, I'd, I'd like you to raise your hand who among you really deeply believe that there is a great plan of God, a great and important plan of God on his life. Raise your hand who believe that. Okay, I'm glad most of you do. And who believes that he's a wonder, he's a marvel? Who believes that? Who can say, thank God for the marvel I am? Who can say that? I beg your pardon? Who can say, I thank you, Lord, for the marvel that I am? Who can say that? Raise your hand. Ay, 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 Less hands. <laughs> Do you think that your creator missed you when he created you? <laughs> that he made a mistake? That on that day, he was tired? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that some, some people like Saint Teresa of Lisieux, that we will have a feast very soon, on the 1st of October, he was in a great mood that day when he created her but when when he created me he sort of you see he sort of missed the thing can you say that isn't it god isn't he god sorry so i guess at the end of the retreat everybody will raise a hand because each of us is a wonder not because of ourselves no because of our creator, and because God made us, created us at his image and likeness. So it's his own beauty that we are having within us. It's his own image. We look like God. And something deep within us is like God, is, is oh, I don't get the word in English, is like a resemblance can you say that resemblance and when the father looks at you 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 maybe i'll know your name's later he sees his son and he 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 experiences a tremendous love and it's not because we are ugly it's not because we are we are um, bad. It's because we are beautiful. It's because we are like divine. You see? He made us at his image. And why do we feel a little awkward to say, thank you, Lord, for the wonder that I am? It's not because I'm not a wonder. It's because I have been wounded. I've been wounded by the sin, maybe by the original sin, and also I've been wounded by my life already. Though I am young, I've been wounded. I've been wounded by, because my parents never told me that I was, that I was wonderful, maybe. I have been wounded because I had a boyfriend and he left me, so now I know that I'm nothing because I'm not worse at his eyes. Or I've been wounded because um, I thought I could become uh, very brilliant on that level, on that part of my life, and I missed the whole thing. I have been wounded because many, many reasons. Because the negative thought of myself, and because I've never seen maybe marvels coming out of me because i don't speak well maybe or maybe i feel unable to love anybody or maybe because i don't feel happy inside or maybe because i'm not able to you see or maybe because my body is not as beautiful that i wish to be that i wished it could be or maybe because i have that sickness or maybe because i'm missing this and that so all those circumstances have created problems in my life and i'm unable today to proclaim peacefully and truthfully that i'm a wonder but the truth is that i am a wonder this is the truth and it's written in the bible it's not from my own stuff you see it's it's in the psalms God, I thank you for the wonder that I am. I thank you for the beauty of your works. And we honor God when we say truly with humility that we are a wonder. And this is a good news. This is a good news. So during the adoration, for those who have, you have little papers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's okay. You will remember, okay? But maybe next time you can get some little papers just to note down a few questions. That you can can work out that with God during adoration. Because adoration is a moment, is a time of high work, of very important work. During adoration, you work more and God works more than ever. You might feel you are seated doing nothing. but the activity during adoration is the, the most, the, high, the highest degree of your whole life. So during adoration, let Jesus tell you in a very loving way that for him, for God, you are very precious, that you are unique, that you are a wonder. And if you, feel in a, if you feel in your heart some wounds that might be very precise wounds, like historical wounds that you got in such circumstances, if you feel those wounds that prevent you from believing deeply that you are a wonder, then let Jesus touch your heart so that he can take those wounds. Not that he will remove the wounds. He won't remove the wounds. But what will he he do? He will transform your wounds, as his own wounds has been transformed. When he appeared after his resurrection, he had still his wounds, but it was glorious wounds, sources of light. And our wounds now might be sources of bitterness, of sadness. All those wounds that we have got so far might be reasons for darkness, maybe for sins also. But let Jesus during the adoration, let Jesus touch your wounds. Let him touch you. His body is here. Let him touch you, and you will give to him those wounds. You will talk to him about those circumstances. You can talk to him about the negative opinion you have of yourself. For any reason, you have those negative thoughts about yourself. Talk to Jesus about that. Let him know about it. Not that he doesn't know yet, but he likes to hear that from yourself. He likes to have a conversation with you about the true things of your life, about those things that are very deep in your heart, maybe that nobody else heard from your mouth, that has been kept secret so far, because maybe you are ashamed of that or maybe you are too shy to share with that to share that with anybody or maybe it is too painful to share that so far so share that with Jesus and get busy with Jesus keep busy with Jesus about that and he will come and with his body and touch you our lady is asking in her message that we fall in love with the most holy sacrament on the altar, which means during this retreat, we will fall in love with the living Jesus, not a dead sort of, you see, man that he's very, no, he's alive. And if he's alive, he's able to save me today. He's able to heal me today, and he will transform my wounds that might give bitterness today, instead of giving, spreading bitterness in my life or sadness in my, or even despair in my life, those wounds will become like his wounds. And they will spread light. They will spread love. And they will spread healing on others. But I have to talk to Jesus about that. I have to see all those things with Jesus very intimately, very precisely, very deeply during adoration. His body will meet my heart. And whatever is needed for my life, he knows and he will visit me in a very deep way and heal me in a very deep way. I just have to open myself. And I remember when our lady, spoke about the young people in Medjugorje. She said, dear young people, never forget that God is your greatest friend. Never forget that God is your greatest friend. And we'll go to Jesus tonight already as we go to our greatest friend. We will open to him as we open to our greatest friend, with the only difference, that he's God and he knows us much better than knows us our greatest friend. And he knows also things that we have forgotten, things what happened which happened when we were in the womb, and that might have hurt us also. Or when we were about one year old, or two years old, or three years old, and we might have forgotten, and that have left some wounds within us. He knows all of those circumstances. And when he visits us to touch us and to heal us, he does the whole job. You see, he doesn't miss any, anything. We just have to open. And I like, I like how our lady, has pictures to explain how we can open. Recently, I spoke to Yelena. She's a young girl who has inner locutions in Medjugorje. And I asked her, what does Our Lady tell you uh, these last days? And she told me, open your heart to God as a spring rose Open to the sun. And have you already seen a spring rose? After the winter, a rose is a little tight like this because of the cold. So when the sun of spring comes, then it becomes slowly, slowly, with the confidence, with the sort of heat that comes, slowly, slowly that rose will open, open, open and get all the rays of the sun to to breathe, and to expose its beauty, and to develop, and to, to flourish, and to become a magnificent rose. And our hearts might be a little tight today. And then, slowly, slowly, before the blessed sacrament, before the body of Jesus, before the body of our greatest friend, like a rose of spring, in springtime, sorry for my English, like a rose of springtime, we will open with confidence. He will not harm us. He's not a man. He's God. He will never harm us. So that's the good news that we have such a God. And. One thing we can do also during adoration, we might need that, at least some of us, to forgive God for what he permitted in our lives. That might be needed. I mean, I give an example. I know a young girl that has been ripped when she was very young by an uncle that was there in the house. And since then, she's angry against God. She doesn't want to hear about him because he permitted that. And that was a very deep wound. And she couldn't find peace in her heart. She could only find peace the day she said to God, God, I forgive you that you permitted that. I forgive forgive that man. But mainly, I forgive you, because you permit that. For any reason, you permitted that trial, that big suffering. And she forgave God. And from that day on, she got peace in her heart. We don't know, and I'm, I'm not the Lord to tell you about that, we don't know the reason. Why God sometimes permits very deep, sad things happening in our families, in our life, for example, I can get a cancer, I can get my my parents can divorce or you know any, any sort of things that are very hard on me. The Lord may permit that, but It's because our eyes are blind that we don't understand how God can transform a thing that is bad, that is bad objectively, into a thing that can be a jumping board like the swimming pool. You see, you jump on the board and it can be a tool in the hands, like you know when Jesus died on the cross. The cross was a terrible thing for the Jews. It was a shame and it was a, I mean, it was the, the most tragic thing for a Jew to be attached on the cross like this, nailed on the cross. And it, happen, it appeared like a big victory from Satan. But that bad was the tool of our salvation. And God does that because he's God, he's divine. And from the most terrible bad, he can transform into good. That's why when we forgive God for whatever he has permitted, and we're surprised that he could permit such bad things in our life, in our families, in our society, if we offer it to him, he will use that for something good. And already says in a message, and that is a great message, through love, dear children, transform into good the bad that Satan is working or is doing. And only the Christians can do that because they have the power of Jesus Christ, the living God, the power of the resurrection, the divine power of the resurrection, to change the bad into good, to defeat Satan in the very place where he acted, where he has worked. So no more obstacle in our life to fulfill the plan of God. No wounds can prevent us from fulfilling the plan of God on our life. And what happened when God created us, that's a very good news, too. Our Lady was there. Our mother was there. Did you know that? Where do you find that in the Bible? Don't worry, Dennis. (laughs) I'm not inventing a new verse in the Bible. She was there because now she's in heaven and she has no limits of space and she has no limits of time. So whatever happened in the past, she can go there. When we are in heaven, we'll be the same. You see, no no more limits of time. She definitely was there and she saw everything. She saw God creating us. And she saw such a marvel that she fell in love. She definitely was there, and she saw everything. She saw God creating us, and she saw such a marvel that she fell in love completely with each of our lives. And she can see in the fullness of the light of God the beauty of the plan of God on our life. She can see as nobody else can see better than she after God, of course. She can see, she can know exactly the marvelous beauty of each of our lives. And she's madly in love with our lives. And as a mother, what would do a mother who would know how great his son, his little kid, is called to become? You see, if I were the mother of Mozart, is it Mozart? Uh, Same word in French. (laughs) And giving birth to that little, tiny, little kid like this, uh, that big, it makes a big difference if I don't know who he will be or if I know who he will be. But if by a big revelation I come to know that this little kid I gave birth to is going to become Mozart, then what shall I do as a mother, as a good mother? What shall I do? I'll do my best that he can grow into his gift fully so that he becomes what he's able to become so that he doesn't miss the boat and he doesn't, he doesn't uh, become a, a baker or a cultivator or a, a doctor or a whatever. Give me examples of uh, jobs and uh <laughs> I mean, he doesn't become something else, you see? But he can, for example, she will push him to, to play music. She will buy the best piano that she can buy. She will bring him to listen music from other good musicians. And she will help him to be very agile, to be very gifted for, you know, and she will push him to work on that. And she will prevent him from hurting his hands from uh, many things like that. And she will give him good food so that he doesn't feel weak and he, he can work mo- much. And you see, as a mother, I will focus on his capability so that he can fulfill his capability. And our lady is much more than the mother of Mozart. She is the one also, because Mozart is a son of God. But, and we are much more than Mozart. That's good news, too, Which, because we are the image of God. And our call is not maybe to become a great somebody, a VIP on Earth. If we, have, we are called to that, God bless you. But we are called to be much more than that. We are called to become a saint. We are called to be the icon of God. We are called to look like God. We are called to a very high vocation. And Our Lady is there, and she it's obvious through the messages of Medjugorje, as we read it just before, dear children, I am with you. And many times, she said, dear children, I am your mother. And I am with you to help you to fulfill that plan completely. So she knows the plan. She knows what we are capable of. Is that good English? She knows capable of. She knows that. She knows to what point we can go. And knowing that she constantly is by our side to help us to reach that point, to fulfil that point. And only she can do that as a mother. And she will give birth. She will give birth to our being. You know, we have we all have um, a mother on earth. And we are very thankful that that mother, with the help of our father, gave us birth. We are very thankful for that gift of life. But I don't want to insult my mother, saying that the birth she gave, it's a birth for for death. Because I'm sure of one thing, I'll die from this earth. But Our Lady is much more than my mother on earth. She's the mother of my second birth. And this second birth won't lead me to death. This second birth, according to the Spirit, in the new birth that Jesus is speaking about to Nicodemus in the Bible, in the Gospel, this second birth will lead me to eternal life. And Our Lady is the mother for that. Our Lady is the mother that gives me the second birth, the birth in the Spirit. So we can be very grateful to her. And maybe some of us have not met yet such a mother. They know Our Lady vaguely like this. But during this retreat, Jesus will tell us his body that is here, behold your mother. And this is the meaning. Let your mother. give birth, give you that new birth. Let, your, let Mary be your, truly your mother. Let Mary be accepted by you as your true mother that I'm giving you today. And we need that motivation. We need that purpose in life, to be fed by God, and to to search God, and to put God in the first place, to let God be the king in, in our life, to let God be the lover of our heart, to let God be our best friend, to let God give us life and salvation. And no one can live with that big motivation. No one can live without. A motivation. And a young man or a young girl who has no motivation, it is very dangerous. It is very dangerous, let me tell you. If you don't have any motivation in life, it's the open door for maybe for destruction. It's the open door for bad. Because then you'll grab the first thing that comes or the first guy that will seduce you, or the first girl that will please you. And then you'll grab the first thing coming by, and it will be a mistake. And that mistake can be paid a long time. The bill can be very heavy of that. So don't let your heart be without motivation. And let God be your first motivation. Because emptiness is the thing that kills the young people the most more than cancer or AIDS or car accidents or motor accidents or anything. Emptiness is the thing that kills the young people the most. And what they experience many times, that emptiness of love in broken family, that emptiness of hope in families that do not g- know God, in um, unbelievers family, emptiness of light when they don't know the light of the world that is Jesus. Emptiness or lack of direction in life, they don't know where to go. And then because they have no direction, they choose drugs or whatever to sort of be get busy with something, you see. And this is the destruction. Or we might have other motivation because of our society or different priorities because of our parents, our society. And we have today during this retreat to adjust, to adjust our decision, to adjust our priorities to God. And this is conversion. You see, if I go this if I was going this way, Conversion means I stop myself. I say I'm not going anymore this way. I stop my feet on the floor. I turn my feet the other way. And then I start walking the other way. This only is conversion. It's not that I continue the same way thinking, well, I shouldn't go there. But that's only a thought that doesn't last. I have to stop myself and to change my feet so that when I start walking again, I have another direction. That is conversion. It's very, very practical. If before I had a sin in my life, and I know it's a sin, I have to stop now. For example, Let's say a stupid, stupid example that uh, I used to drink two liters of wine between one, one and two in the night. Okay, That's more, more stupid than that you, can fi- you cannot find. OK. And I know this is not the will of God. So what I shall do, I remove the wine from my bedroom. I won't think, oh, next night I won't drink. No. I take those bottles, and maybe I break them, or I, I throw them away. But I don't keep the occasion of sin. Because if I know it's sin and I keep the sin, being aware of that, then it's very dangerous. You know, conversion means I turn my feet and I no more go in the same direction. And during this retreat, Our Lady will help us to choose Jesus as our only direction. Direction, Because he's the truth. He's the way, and He is the life. There is no other way. Don't believe those new religions that makes that make. How can I say that? That makes a mixed salad with many other religions, and you choose this thought and this belief from this or that religion. No. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. There is only one light, and his name is Jesus. There is only one truth, and his name is Jesus. There is no other name to be saved. You see, that's very important. And during this retreat today, I have the great opportunity and the big grace to adjust my decision of my life. And to adjust my decision also according to the deepest thirst of my life. And as I told you, the deepest thirst of my life is the fullness of love. And I should not hide that reality from my eyes. I shouldn't, you know. sometimes we want to forget about that. We want to forget that big space that is, wi- that is within us because maybe you, we are afraid not to get the right food. And many people, they, they want to just to forget. And that's why the drugs is so successful here in America and all over the world. Just because the guys, they want to forget their uh, the image of God. They want to forget because nobody gives God. Nobody is witness of God. So they don't get the food. And they cannot live with that emptiness. So they, get, they go into drugs because they prefer to die rather than to live a false life that to carry that terrible suffering of feeling the emptiness. It's like a cry to God, God, why don't you exist? If you existed, then I would go with you. As you don't exist, shalom. Bye bye. I won't, I won't live anymore. And they're right. They're right. But we know that God exists, and he's the one to fulfill our heart so that now we know the way and will be the one to be witness of him. As already says, be the reflection of Jesus light in this world that do not know God and that walks in the darkness as an unfaithful world. My translation is not very good, but it's the meaning, you see. So now another question. Maybe it hurts my heart. Thinking of my deepest thirst. Maybe I've been disappointed. Maybe I had placed my hope in someone. Maybe I'd placed my hope in something. Maybe I'd expressed my thirst in some circumstances and I've been disappointed. So now I don't want to hear anymore about my thirst so maybe there is also there maybe there is a wound so i have now to talk about that to jesus during adoration i'll see with jesus if, if i have been disappointed and if my thirst is a give me any fear maybe i have tears in my heart because of my thirst that has not been f- been fulfilled so far so even if you feel like Shedding those tears with Jesus. Do it very simply during this retreat. Because Jesus said, happy are the poor. The kingdom of God are theirs. Happy are those who weep. They will be consoled. And Jesus can fulfill a heart that is poor only. A heart that is full of himself cannot be filled filled with Jesus. But a heart that recognizes he's poor, he's empty, he's nothing, then this heart can be filled up with Jesus, with God. Maybe before I never knew how to handle that thirst of mine, before the blessed sacrament, Jesus will show me how he will handle those thirsts, how he will respond. And you'll be surprised by his love because exposing to him the thirst of your heart will allow him to come to you in a very special way, will allow him at last to embrace you in a very special way and that's why he invited us here for this retreat because he wants to embrace your heart in a very special way and that's why we'll have this deep silence so that Jesus can come in this intimate way to embrace us and to speak deep to our hearts. and. In prayer, let him talk to you. Not only you talk to him, but he has words for you. And I remember when I was young, I lived in Paris and I had a job. And uh, one day I felt the, the need of going away from Paris for one month pray and uh, I had converted only two years three years before and I used to go to Mass every day after my conversion and have one hour of prayer every day but one day I felt that Jesus was was calling me um, like in the desert to talk to my heart I didn't know at all what he was going to tell me so I left Paris for one month and in the last week of that big retreat I was adoring the Blessed Sacrament and it's on that day that Jesus called me to become his spouse or he becomes my bride? My sp- to be his bride. yeah, for me to be his bride. And I didn't expect that. I mean for me marriage was the way but the way he spoke to my heart was so strong, was so deep, and was so loving that no man could have spoken to me this way. I'll never, I'll never forget that. But what I realize now, he could speak to my heart because it was in a deep prayer. And this message that he had to give me, he, couldn't have, he could not have given it to me in the in the underground or during a telephone call or you see it needed silence and adoration and jesus has great treasures to communicate to you but please let him speak to you and those treasures are like secrets like you know those things that you cannot tell to a friend unless you are in a very special place in a very special Um, atmosphere in a very, very favorable time. Sometimes you have a secret to share with somebody and then the person comes and then after 10 minutes you say, okay, this is not the day I'll share that because the mood is not there and the atmosphere is not deep enough and he will not listen to me. So you keep your secret for yourself and maybe you'll never tell that secret to anybody. And for Jesus is the same, he needs a certain atmosphere of attention, of care from our part to speak to us. He has prepared a food, a very divine and great food for each of us, but, but, but. I remember an example that happened to Sister Faustina, you know Sister Faustina. One day she was in the chapel. In her convent, and she went to take the holy communion, and she saw the ciborium with all the hosts that were prepared for all the sisters. And right in the middle of the ciborium, she saw a host that was alive. You see, hosts look like bread usually, so you see, it's, it looks like bread, though it's the body of Christ. But one of the hosts was alive, living, alive. You see, living. I don't know how she saw that, but she mentioned that in her writings. Then she found out that the priest just took that one for her and gave it to her. And then she went back to the seat and she started to speak to Jesus and said, oh Lord, I saw a living host in the Siberium. And the priest has given me that host. But why there was only one horse like this that was living, and the other horse were like bread? And why that one was for me and not for another sister? And Jesus said, because when you receive me, when someone receives me in the Holy Eucharist, I give myself fully to the person, but only a few people receive me as a living God. Only those receive the fullness of what I give. But many people, they receive me as if I am dead. They don't even have a word of love for me. Let me tell you that Jesus wants to give himself completely to you, but you will receive him according to the openness of your heart. And that is very, very beautiful, because you will decide. And tonight is the moment, is the time when you will decide. Shall I get 30% of Jesus? Then I decide for 30% it's better than zero, better than zero. Shall I get 50% of Jesus? Better than 30. Shall I get 90% of Jesus? That's not bad, but it's not 100. And now, shall I get 100% the fullness of Jesus? And this is in my hands. Don't think that I will be able to get only 30 because of my wounds, because I'm a sinner, because I'm new in the faith, because I am tired, or because this, no. Each of us is able tonight to decide for 100%. But it is our freedom. And our Lady says in Medjugorje, God, dear children, has given you the freedom. And I kneel down before the freedom that God gave you. It is so beautiful. And today, you are free to welcome Jesus in your heart, maybe 30% of him, maybe 60%, maybe 90%, maybe 100%. This remains your decision and happy are those who will say to Jesus, "Okay, Jesus, come 100%. I'm open. And you know what? You know what? What will happen? This is very important. The degree of your yes today, Jesus will never forget it the depth of your yes today, Jesus will never forget it. Maybe you'll give a yes to God today as never before. Maybe it will be tonight your biggest yes that you will give to Jesus. Maybe. But let me tell you, Jesus will behave towards you according to your biggest yes in life. Maybe you will forget that yes that you, you give tonight. Maybe within two months, you might forget a little of that yes that you give to Jesus. He will never forget. And he will behave towards you according to that yes, the biggest yes he got from you in your life. So the conclusion of that. Give tonight a yes that is bigger than never before to Jesus. And you know what? This yes will be smaller than your yes you'll give tomorrow, okay? And smaller than the yes that you'll give thereafter, okay? And Jesus will behave as a lover in your life. He will think, oh, there are so many people that do not care about me. As Our Lady says, and it's sad to hear that in her mouth, you speak about him as of someone you hardly know. Now we'll speak of Jesus like of someone that we know intimately in a very deep experience. Our Lady said, whenever you have problems, difficulties, call me. Whenever you need me, call me and I'll come. And she is the one who will help us to say that yes to Jesus, to open our door to Jesus. And on the day of the Annunciation, she opened her door to Jesus in a very special way. She knows how to open the door. But one thing she didn't know at that time is how far that yes will be used by Jesus in future. And that yes was a yes for how she was at that time. She was a young girl of 14 years old, and she gave a yes according to a girl of 14 years old, a very holy girl, yes, but She didn't know the future. She did not know how the life of Jesus will be. So she gave fully a yes. But each day, she discovered new things about Jesus. So her yes has increased every day, according to the new element she had. She could have said, okay, when you came first time, in the Annunciation Day, I got you as a little kid, a very tiny little kid, I said yes for that. But that was a yes for that. But now that you are asking me new things, I will think over it and I'll see if I say yes or no. You see, she could have discussed for future. But that yes was a full yes, was a complete yes. And she, she got the habit of telling yes, saying yes to God for every time, for every circumstances. And some yes from her have been very difficult to say. And I, of course, want to mention the yes that she gave on the cross. That yes that she gave on the cross. To say yes to the plan of the father that her son should die on the cross to save the humanity. That yes was very hard. But because she said yes on the Annunciation, because she said yes so many times before, she could say that big yes that was needed from her. And today, we'll do our best to say yes to Jesus for whatever plan he has in our life. And with that yes, he will work out great things in our life. And he will prepare new yes for future. And we'll go far with him. And now we'll let him talk to us very deep.